So we are going to continue this series, which is called Life in Pieces. If you haven't been here before or heard this before, uh, the series is about just how your life is in pieces. And I don't mean like it's falling apart. I mean, you have different aspects of your life uh, that you deal with, different aspects of your life that, that can be hard or easy or, or you struggle with or you don't struggle with like all of the time. And so, so far we talked about the middle aspect and how as school goes, like that one is kind of stressed sometimes because you've got homework and you've got tests and you've got... Uh, pressures from home, you've got pressures from everywhere else, and so you can have stress in there, and you can really have to think, and so we talked about wisdom, and how it's always important to gain wisdom. Um, everyone here, if I were to ask what your favorite subject is, which I'm not going to do, you would all have different answers, and some of you would be funny and say like lunch or recess or something, but that's cool, uh, but it's, you'd have your favorite subject because we all have different gifts in that term, but wisdom is something that everyone can kind of build all the time. Last week we talked about the more physical and how one of the things that, one of the negatives, there's a lot of positives with the internet and there's a lot of positives with social media, but there are also a lot of negatives and one of the big negatives is that comparison becomes easier and easier. And so we've talked about how the image of beauty, the, the beauty standard changes over the years. And, and girls get hit with this a lot with, with judgments uh, from every which way for, for body image, for all of these things. But guys do too and it's something that we all can struggle with, it's something that you can picture somebody that you think of as perfect. You can picture somebody that you think of as like the best looking person in the world. And they have something about themselves that they don't like. And it's something that we all carry, but it's important to remember that your identity shouldn't be found in those things. Now that doesn't mean that you're gonna stop caring what everybody thinks, because unfortunately everybody, even as you get older, uh, you kind of still care, but you start to realize, okay, so, I need to remember that, that I do not answer to them. And, and you have to remind yourself a lot, but I need to remember that, that who I am is more than just how I look. Who I am is more than just how much I work out or how much I don't work out or how much I eat or how much I don't eat or whatever else. And finding your identity in Christ, finding your identity in that faith, in the love that he gives you is something that will never change. Um, but like I said last week, like the standard of beauty does change. At one point it was uh, bigger than it is now, and then it was smaller, now it's a little bigger again, and like it changes. Uh, there's dad bods, there's muscular, there's all these different things. But the love that, that he has for you, the unconditional love he has for you never changes, and so just try to remind yourself of that. And sometimes it's harder than others, which kind of both of those lead me into this week, which is about the more uh, emotional uh, aspect of everything. And so uh, it's, I'm going to read from, from Psalm 38, but we're going to talk a lot about stress and about anxiety and about depression. And some of you probably deal with those things. Some of you uh, struggle with those things. Some of you don't. And you're like, yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, I feel pretty good. I'm sad sometimes, like, a, like normal, but, but I'm, I'm mostly okay. But you know someone who does probably. And, and so I want to try to talk, at this, talk about this from an aspect, not just of what it feels like to have it, but what it's like to talk to someone and kind of what's going through the mind of each person. Because I've been on both sides of that. I've said this a lot. I don't hide it. Uh, I struggle with depression and anxiety. And it's something that is sometimes a constant battle. Sometimes it's worse. Sometimes it's a little better. Uh, one of the things that I say to kind of illustrate it. So let's say that you have a scale of 1 to 10 on average of like 1 being the saddest you've ever been and 10 being like just over joyful, crazy, like absolutely happy all the time laughing. And so most people wake up around a five, maybe a six, somewhere in there. And like you wake up, you're feeling okay. You don't necessarily like to be up or to go to school or go to work or whatever, but you feel okay. And, and then 
as things happen, maybe you get up to a seven or an eight, and it's like, you know, this was a good day. Or you drop down to a four or even a three, it's like, this just sucked, and I failed a test, or somebody was mean to me, etc. cetera. Uh, for me and for people that struggle with depression, I wake up at like a three. And, and so, like, that's not any, with nothing happening, and so that's kind of my normal day. And then I can maybe get up to a five, I can pretend to get up to a six, but it's really easy to drop to a one. And the hard thing about it, and this is from the aspect of having it, the hard thing about it is sometimes things can affect that that really make no sense in affecting it. Like uh, somebody can just say something about you, which is an obvious one, or somebody uh, can, can just do something that has nothing to do with it, but it just reminds you of something else, or you remember something, or something comes to your mind, or, or something goes wrong, or you lose something, and it's really easy to drop down. And so that's, that's what I wanted to start with, and I'm going to read Psalm 38. Uh, David... I don't know that he struggled with depression necessarily, but I know that he struggled with different emotional things from time to time. Uh, and some of them came from his guilt of what he did in which he uh, basically murdered a guy and then uh, slept with his wife and uh, lost his kid and like all of these ha things happened. But he also had a lot of major victories like Goliath and like being king and having a son and all of these different things. Uh, but he did struggle with how he felt about himself and how other people felt about him. And just that's something even as a king that he dealt with. And so this is something uh, that he wrote while he was a king kind of early on in the reign, but he was like in charge of everything. And so Psalm 38, O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Your arrows have struck deep and your blows are crushing me. Because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink uh, because of my foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain. All the day long I walk around filled with grief. A raging fever burns within me and my health is broken. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an extinguished heart. So that's very dark. And basically what he's saying is everybody hates me and my life sucks. Um, and that is something that everyone here has probably felt at some time. Uh, sometimes it's because your parents are on your case. Sometimes it's because your teachers are on your case. Sometimes it's just because you had a bad day for whatever reason. But sometimes it's because that's something that you always struggle with. And so for David, he feels like everyone is against him. Uh, and so from the aspect of like having that depression, of having that anxiety, of having that feeling, when you're on the other side of it and you have somebody talking about like this happened and that happened, and it feels like they're just constantly venting and constantly saying, uh, negative things and sometimes people are negative and sometimes people are absolutely looking for attention and that happens But if somebody struggles with this They're not just pretending that they feel like everybody's against them like they actually feel like everything is going against them now Rationally and I can go from my own perspective again uh, Rationally, I know when I feel like this that not everybody hates me But I feel like everybody hates me and, and I don't and and like you could have, like, everybody in this room, please don't do this because it's weird, but everybody in this room could go up and be like, I don't hate you, or I like you, or something. Uh, and, and I would believe you, but I also wouldn't necessarily take it in. Like, you know, you've had a friend say that you look good in a shirt or a dress, or you've got a good shot, or I don't know, the bucks are going to repeat. Something that you know is probably not true, but it's something that uh, you're like, okay, that's still nice. And, you know, it's like, you know, whatever. But for this... It's hard for the other side because if you have a friend that is struggling with this, you want to help them because you love them, you care about them. If you have a family member who's struggling with this, you want to help them because you care about them. And so it's hard because you're like, well, I need to say something. Y there's nothing to say. Uh, that doesn't mean you stop trying. It doesn't mean that you, you don't say anything. 
But imagine that you have lost someone you really care about. I'm not talking just about like uh, uh, somebody that you know. I'm talking about like your best friend or somebody in your family that you're really close to. And somebody is there right after it happens. And what, what can they possibly say to make you not care about that loss? Nothing, right? Nothing. Because you're going to feel that loss no matter what. But the fact that they're there is something that you'll remember. And so that's kind of my point. Um, when someone is struggling, when somebody really feels like this, when you feel like this, understand that there's no magic phrase. There's no magic anything. Now, people can pray with you, and that's awesome, and sometimes people have been delivered from something like this. I've known people that have. Personally, I haven't. It's something that is my cross to bear, or uh, it, it's something that I kind of, uh, I forget how Paul put it now because I'm on the spot, but it's something that, that I will probably carry because whatever, for whatever reason, it helps me with other things. Um, but I remember when people are there. Even if I don't believe that they like me, I remember when people are there. I remember when they say something. I remember when they care. Uh, and it's hard. I also remember when people have said, you're sad all the time, I just can't deal with it. And they walk away. I've lost people in various places at various times who have been like, yeah, I, I just, you're not happy enough. And, you know, they're not, they're not necessarily being cruel, but it's like in their mind, like, I've tried. I tried to cheer you up and nothing. Um, I've had... Uh, situations where family members have been like, well, you know, why are you acting weird right now in restaurants or whatever? I remember in a cheesecake factory. And they're like, like everybody was around me and I felt like everything was closing in. And it's just a random day. Uh, and, and I've had family members who are like, just don't do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm cured now, right? So like if you have a cold or you're sad, it's like somebody says, smile, you're good, right? No. And so it's something that is a struggle and worse than that. I think, and I can only speak for myself, but I think that most people that struggle with this know that it's something that they're struggling with, and they know that it's a burden on other people, and they know that they're, uh, they, they should be able to get out of it, and they know that, and it makes it that much harder. And for you guys, for people that don't struggle with it, for people who, who have friends or loved ones that struggle with it, it's hard, again, because as people, as humans, we have this desire to want to fix things. We want to help people, which is good. It's a, it's a wonderful heart thing. But to understand, sometimes all you can do is to be there. Sometimes all you can do is to listen. Sometimes all you can do is, is to care, uh, to pray for them, to, to, to just be someone in their life. And that's hard, but one of the phrases I say a lot, one of the phrases I will say a lot even tonight is always keep fighting. Um, we are, I've, as I've said, having a new youth room soon, and we're going to decorate it, and I've got some fat head things and some phrases, and one of the phrases is love God, love others, because... I believe in that. One of the phrases is always keep fighting because that's important to me and it means so many things. And, and the intent came from people who deal with depression, uh, but it's also important to remember for people who don't deal with it, but who know people who deal with it because it's hard. It's hard to have a loved one who struggles with feeling hated or feeling like everybody's against them. It's hard to have a loved one who you can't, you know, feel like you're actually helping, but you don't see the progress. It's hard. And so you have to always keep fighting too. Um, it's interesting, and I'll keep going, but we often forget that people are fighting a battle we don't know about. And so we think, of term, we think in terms of if somebody has enough money or somebody's good-looking enough or somebody has the right relationship or the right grades or they're a good athlete, like they don't really struggle with anything like that. Uh, I am, this will be surprising to some of you, not surprising to some of you, a giant Supernatural fan. Uh, it's a TV show. I love the TV show. I've met the guys. They're awesome. Uh, Jared Padalecki is who I'm going to talk about. He was also on Gilmore Girls, if that's your thing. Uh, Rory's the worst character in the history of TV. Other than that, it's a good show. But um, so Jared 
was on Supernatural. He's like 6'4". He's good looking. He had an attractive wife. Like he had little kids. Uh, he had a successful TV show, regardless if you've ever seen it, you at least know what I'm talking about. So he's like got everything that we kind of see as the American dream or as something that's, that's important, something that's cool. And yet he never felt right. And so even like he was close with, with J Jensen and he's close with the people on the cast and he's close with his family, but he still never felt right. And I read, uh, he wrote an essay in a book that I have about after season five, uh, he was going to like a supernatural convention and he, it was in... I think Switzerland or something, it was somewhere in Europe, but he was in Switzerland because his uh, dad loved, had loved uh, like the clocks and the watches and things like that. And so he wanted to go to the museum to just kind of remember him and just kind of be there. And he went and it was closed that day. And now everyone here has probably been disappointed by something. Maybe you go to Cedar Point or to Kings Island and a ride's closed and you're like, ah, oh, this sucks, but whatever. And we move past it. But everything in that moment just kind of laid on him and he felt it and he's just like, I'm such an idiot. And you're like, how in the world? Like he didn't close it, how could he know? Uh, he's not even from Switzerland, but he's like, I should have known. And this is how I feel all of the time, I should have known. I feel guilty about every single thing, whether I do it or don't do it. And I'm like, I should have known, I should have, I should have, I should have. And so he felt that way and he went back to the hotel intending to kill himself. He was going to kill himself. He was done. And you're like, he had kids and he had a wife and he has a good life. And all it is is a clock museum. But for him, it's like, I messed up again. And again, most people see that and are like, you didn't do anything. This happens. But in his mind, in his heart, in his emotions, he felt like, I just, I can't get anything right. And that's what's so hard about depression and about anxiety because you just, you understand that you're wrong sometimes, but you just can't grasp it. And so he went back to his hotel to kill himself. And Jensen, who was Dean, uh, just happened to call him. He didn't, wasn't checking on him. He was just calling to check on the time or something. And Jared talked to him. I keep wanting to say Sam and Dean, but they talked to each other. And I don't even think they really talked about what was going to happen, but he kind of felt like, well, he cares about me. And, and it kind of moved from there. And so from that moment, instead of giving up, that's where Always Keep Fighting was born. That's where he started doing that and putting out t-shirts and campaigns and going around the country talking about that and what he went through and, and what it means to keep fighting. And, and so he built that into a victory, but it was so close because he had given up. But then he was like, what if, if I'd given up, what about my kids? And like, you start to think about it. So if you do struggle with depression and you do feel like everyone is against you, you have to find ways to remind yourself to keep going. You have to find things. For me, and I'll be honest, uh, for a long time, I, I've always loved church. I've always, especially since I've been in the ministry, like I love you guys. I love being here. I, I love talking, kind of. But it's still hard to have something to look forward to because I judge myself on those things. And so Supernatural, the show, I'd be like, well, it's a new one next week. It's a new one next week. And so it's that little thing I had to look forward to. And a lot of people be like, it's just a TV show, what are you doing? But for me, it was like this lifeline. Now, I prayed all the time, and I love God, and I love others, and like I understood that relationship, and so that's part of it, and I'd remind myself that how it would affect people and how all of this stuff, but in the darkest moments, I'd just remind myself, okay, one thing to look forward to. And so find those things. Help your friends, your family who struggle with that to find those things, because you can't go up to somebody and say, not everybody's against you, because they're going to be like, okay. And somebody can't go up to you and say, not everybody's against you. And you're going to be like, okay. So you have to work within those. Next part. Uh, you know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. My heart beats wildly, my strength fails, and I am going blind. 
My loved ones and friends stay away, uh, fearing my disease. Even my own family stands at a distance. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish me harm make plans to ruin me. All day long, they plan their treachery. So he starts with saying, I long for you, Lord. He loves God still, and that's important to remember. He still loves God. He still feels him. Sometimes my faith has been questioned because I'm depressed. And it's been like, well, if you had strong enough faith, you wouldn't be depressed. Uh, And I'll be honest, that's kind of like telling somebody with cancer or with another disease that, somebody with COVID, like, hey, if you love Jesus enough, you wouldn't be sick right now. That's ridiculous. We wouldn't say that. And yet with emotional issues, it's something that we've kind of washed away. It's getting better in recent years. But he still loves God, and that's important. His faith is still at the center. I would love to tell you, and I've said this before, I would love to tell you that if you give everything you have to Jesus, which you should, uh, that everything in your life would be perfect. But Kelly can back me up. Any other adult that's in the church can back you up. Like, that's not going to happen. Because the world still is out there, and it's still going to be hard from time to time. But you always will have that. You always will have Jesus. You'll always have him at the center. You'll always have him loving you. And so that's something to cling to. Uh, but David here, he feels alone. And maybe some of the people uh, have, have walked away from him because he's sad. But one of the things we do when we're hurting, whether you have depression or not, is we push people away. Uh, there's a phrase, hurt people, hurt people. If something awful happens to you, you kind of want other people to feel like that. Even if you know that's the wrong thing to do, you kind of want other people to feel like that. And so sometimes if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, or you're just sad or you just got a yellow card or something and, and you lost a game or whatever... You want to hurt other people. We've all felt that way. And so maybe David kind of pushed people away. Because I'm sure everybody here has had this situation where you've wanted to cheer somebody up and you're like, shut up, get out of here. You're like, fine. From their perspective, they feel, we feel like we're saving you. We feel like we're protecting you from dealing with that. Now, that's an excuse, yes, but it's also a reason. From your perspective, it's like, I'm trying to just be here and they won't let me. And it's hard because you can't literally follow somebody around and just be like, hey, I still love you. Hey, I'm here for you. You can't because restraining orders and stalking and things like that are bad. Unless you're good looking enough and then the notebook gets made after you and that's what happens. But that's a stalking movie, guys. But anyway, so I can go off on that later. Anyway, uh, That is kind of the two sides. And so again, you just have to be there. And sometimes, sometimes you have to be there for people in the way that they want you to be there. You have to remember that when they're at their darkest, they're not really saying, get away from me. They're just saying, let me have some space or just be here from a distance or text me or just listen or whatever. And we again want to want everybody to respond in the way we want them to respond. So like we want, we, if something that cheers us up, like let's say, uh, that you are Grady. And like the thing that you love most in the world is a McDonald's Happy Meal with the toy. And you're like, I look forward to a new toy every week. It's so cool. I've got Grimace and I've got the Hamburglar and I just really want the Fry Guys. I may be skewing too old for this, but I really want the Ronald McDonald. And it's like, I look forward to this every week. And so he's like, this makes me happy. Whenever something bad happens, when, when Anna bullies me, when somebody's mean to me, when I, get, when I uh, do bad in school, anything like that, like I go and get a Happy Meal and I'm happy. And so let's say that he's hanging out with Luke who's struggling. And he's like, well, I'll just give Luke a Happy Meal. And Luke's like, I, I don't eat meat. I only eat fish. And, you know, you can be like, well, that's meat, but 
beside the point. But anyway, it's like that Happy Meal doesn't do the same thing for Luke. Now, that's a silly example, but in the same way, like, what cheers you up? Maybe it's music. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's Fortnite for some reason. Maybe it's uh, food, whatever. That's not necessarily how other people take it. And so you have to remember that you're trying to help them, not trying to help yourself through them. And it goes both ways because we, as people that struggle with depression, have to try to remember that too. And so if you do struggle, don't just take that as an excuse and be like, well, you know what, they should know better. No. See, people don't know what you don't tell them. And the hardest thing about depression is it's a dirty word, kind of. And so when I came here three years ago, about, uh, that was the first time I was kind of allowed to publicly talk about my depression. Because before that, it was kind of like, if you talk about this, you don't have enough faith. And here, like, Tim and Julia were like, yeah, you can do this message about it. And so I did, and I've done it since. Because when we're not allowed to talk about something, we start to feel like we can't talk about it, and then we hold it in, and then we make all these excuses and justifications, and it gets harder and harder. But if you do struggle with this, talk to people that you care about, that care about you. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard because you're going to worry that if you say too much, they're going to walk away. I'm talking people that you truly love and you know have been there. Trust them. And it's hard, but you can. And so talk about it because you're going to feel alone. And everybody feels alone at some point. Next part. But I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent uh, before them. So as one who cannot speak, I choose to hear nothing and I make no reply for I am waiting on you, Lord. You must answer for me, uh, O Lord, my God. I prayed, don't let my enemies gloat over me or rejoice at my downfall. So he's trying. Now, that's basically saying, you know what? I'm ignoring the voices that say that I suck. I'm ignoring the voices that say that I'm the worst. I'm ignoring the voices I'm trying to, but I still feel them. I still hear them. I'm ignoring the, my, my haters. I'm ignoring my, my people that are commenting negative on my TikTok or whatever. I'm ignoring this and that. I'm trying. I'm trying, but it's still hard. And he's fighting. That's what it means to always keep fighting. It does not mean that you, it does not mean that you win every battle, but it means you keep fighting. And here is the truth. Waking up is winning. Trying is winning. Fighting is winning. You're not always going to feel like a winner. You're not always going to feel like it's a victory, but that is what is the battle. That is what is winning. Fighting is just doing your best. And that doesn't matter if you deal with depression or you don't. It doesn't matter if, if you're talking about your faith or your school. Trying is all you can ever do. Trying your best. And so David is saying, Lord, I need to feel you now because I am trying. Because sometimes you're going to feel like you're not trying hard enough, and sometimes people are going to say you're not trying hard enough. And again, this isn't just depression. This can be with school or with sports or with family stuff or with home stuff or with whatever else. You have to remember, okay, this is between me and God, and I have to do my best. And if I'm doing my best, and I know I'm doing my best, and I honestly am trying my best, then I have to understand that God will bless that, and he will help me. And you have to keep telling yourself that. Sometimes it's going to be easier than others to ignore the voices and the haters. Sometimes it's going to be really hard. And so it's sometimes like, okay, today I'm not going to listen. Sometimes you have to say it every minute, every five minutes, every ten minutes, whatever. And again, it's important to have people in your life who can help you with that. Who, can, who you can be honest with and who can be honest with you and say, hey, you know, how are you feeling today? And, and if you say like, man, it feels like everybody's against me, they can be like, okay, well, let's talk about it. Or let's just sit here. Or, let's watch, I don't remember all the movies you said, uh, Ratatouille. Let's watch whatever. And so, in-game, that's a very happy movie. And it's like, let's just keep watching this. And let's just be together. Let's pray. Let's do something. Let's play Fortnite. Don't get into Fortnite.
Uh, but anyway, that's a gateway. No, I'm just joking. Anyway, next part. Uh, last part. I am on the verge of collapse, facing constant pain, but I confess my sins. I am deeply sorry for what I have done. Uh, I have many aggressive enemies. They hate me without reason. They repay me evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. Do not abandon me, O Lord. Do not stand a distance, my God. Uh, come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. So he's calling for help, but also this reminds us that it's not a uh, linear journey. So we're kind of used to things being linear. So like you start school and you have homework, you do the homework, you study, you study, and then you have the test, and then you move on to the next chapter and you go, it's linear. But in life, very few things are actually linear. And so like with depression or with being sad or with being anxious or whatever else, with having stress, sometimes you can go up to, like I said, you start at a three or a four, you get up to a six, but then something happens, you go back to a two, but then you get up to like a seven and then you go, like it's back and forth. You guys know, like, with emotions, it's not like if you start to get happy, then boom, you're happy the rest of the day. Or you start to get sad, boom, you're sad the rest of the day. Different things happen. And so David's saying, like, hey, man, you know, this sucks. But I'm trying, and I want help. That is the first step to both sides. It's the first step to having depression, to, to dealing with it, to having anxiety, to dealing with it, to having stress, to dealing with it, is asking for help. And then knowing that that's not going to fix it, it's a constant battle. But on the other side, it's the first step when you have someone and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell them. Asking for help there too. Ask somebody who's been there. Ask somebody who knows. And I'm not saying throw them under the bus and tell all their secrets, but you know, in general. You say like, I, what would I do if somebody has this or somebody deals with this or whatever? Uh, talk. If, you know, definitely ask them. Like, hey, what helps? And they may not know, but you're trying. It is a hard enough life without each of us making it hard for each other. Uh, again, this is something like the emotional issues, it's something that gets kind of washed under the rug a lot of times, but everybody struggles with something. Uh, everybody here, I'm not gonna make you do this obviously, but everybody here could talk about just something that you struggle with. Again, maybe anxiety, maybe depression, maybe uh, body image issues, maybe uh, school stuff and it really affects your self-esteem or maybe you don't feel like you have enough friends or you feel like you have too many friends or whatever. Everybody struggles with something and so it's important to remember that because everybody that we meet is facing some battle. Does that mean that everybody in the world is, or nobody in the world is a jerk? No, they're still jerks. There's still people that are mean. It happens. But for us, we keep fighting. We keep doing our best. We keep helping. We keep reaching out. We keep asking for people to reach out. Always keep fighting is so important in every aspect because I like to end messages with like this, this uptick, basically, like this hopeful thing. And I am, I'm hopeful here. But again, with things that are emotional, with things that we struggle with, with things that require time, it's not a, well, I preach, so you're good now. Like, I don't think that anybody here who struggles with it is like, wow. Jeff has depression, and he talked about how to deal with it. I'm cured. Or, man, Jeff talked about what it's like to help somebody with depression, and so now I know exactly what to say. That's not how it works. But again, it's about moving forward a step at a time, a quarter mile at a time, so to speak. It's about, it's about loving God fully and loving others equally as fully. It is about continuing to fight no matter what. It's about reminding yourself that not everybody hates you. But more than that, trying to remind yourself not to hate yourself. 
That's a hard thing to do, but it's something that together we can. So again, if you are struggling with any of these things, ask for help. The adults that are here, they care about you. I care about you. I'll listen. I said earlier that uh, I've not been healed, cured, whatever, of depression. I think part of that is because a lot of people could be standing here, and I'm not saying that, I'm definitely not saying that I'm a better youth pastor than anybody because I don't think that. But a lot of people would not understand how this works. But in my life, since my depression, I've been blessed with the opportunity to help other people that struggle with it because I understand that side. And so maybe there's something that you struggle with and you're like, it's just not fair, it's not fair. Look at it in terms of that. Be like, okay, well, I have this opportunity to be blessed to help someone else that struggles with it. It doesn't mean you're gonna be wake up and be like, I'm so glad that I feel anxiety around other people. I'm so happy that I'm depressed, because that's weird. But it means that you start to look at a bright side. Not to like fix yourself, because another thing that I'll say is you are enough. You don't need fixed. You can improve things, you can get better, but you're complete. God loves you exactly as you are. And so you take that and you build on it and you move forward in his name. You keep fighting. You keep helping. You keep loving. You keep being who you are. But recognizing when you need others to, to listen, to help. Because like I said, you are enough. And you are never alone. No matter what it feels like, you are never alone. And that's all I got.